Daddy, I want to be different. May nothing of me remind us I stand up here. May people see you and hear you. And may we live our lives like that in Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry, I hijacked uh, John's song choice <laughs> for today, and maybe that wasn't so wise, or maybe it was, because the best place to be, I believe, is to be hum- humble, transparent, and real in front of others. Amen. Oh, the last two days, that song has been breaking me all over again. I, I'm so not worthy to stand up here. And I, not to wrongly draw attention to myself, but sometimes I think God, the not being better than anybody else, the things he puts inside of me, I think, God, why did you, why did you do it? I don't deserve it. But because he did, I will answer the call and use it for him. Amen. Um, a month and a half ago, I had the privilege of going to the UK with my father. Um, just longer than that, I shared a word here about, uh, a prophetic word about generational blessing and then not knowing that the Lord would challenge the two of us to go and share with my dad's side of the family that lives in the UK that don't know the Lord. And it's like my second home. And 20 years ago when I lived there for a year, you know, it was still largely a Christian nation, but today you don't talk about religion and that's not Okay. And if we're not careful, we could end up in the same boat. And I believe the Lord is challenging us to say, sometimes we can be so diplomatic. The people around us are dying and going to hell. Sometimes we can be so tolerant and so careful of what we say. And I apologize to those who I shocked in the Christmas production when I jumped on stage. Please don't follow my example and do that. I was scared that they were going to grab me and take me off and the moment we'd be gone. Um, but I just referred to that in the sense of first that it, it brought uh, shock to many people and then it ended up being good. And sometimes I think God wants us to do that. Rather shock people, rather, rather cause a bit of a, a godly disturbance than just go along with the flow and people are going to hell because we're not speaking up. And uh, yeah, so that was really a challenge for me. And, and, and the word that the Lord has laid on my heart is, is in, care, in keeping with vision. And, and it just, Rob's word confirms it. And, and I just feel so often, uh, I just want to share from my own life and see if that, if that uh, resonates with you. And uh, like at the moment in our nation, we have Uncle Angus doing wonderful things. And, and the Lord challenged me to, to say so often we, we follow men like that and we follow speakers and we listen to them and we get behind those things and it's and I'm not knocking it at all he's doing a great thing for our nation and he's become a, a father to our nation I believe like an Abraham in our nation and and the Lord is and, and why is he doing what he's doing and why do we love what he's doing and why are we following what he's doing because of one step of faith he did he took many years ago to plant potatoes when there was no rain and what is God telling you to do And I just say that to say that sometimes we get behind things like this too much that we're not stepping out in faith in our own lives and we're actually hiding and we're thinking, no, you do it. And then Uncle Angus is like a modern day Moses. No, it's okay. It's easy to follow and trust that men of God like that will do that. 
And I believe God is saying, what if there's Uncle Angus is sitting here? What if there's Rhino Bonker sitting here? Heidi Baker's Mother Teresa. What if there's great, well, there are great men and women of God sitting here, but are you going to respond to what God has put inside of you? And the word that the Lord laid on my heart is from Habakkuk 2, verse 2. You're welcome to turn there. And it simply says, write the vision and make it plain. And this is so crucial for 2018. It's so crucial for all of our lives. And I mentioned what I mentioned to, to say that so often we, we're seeing the big things that are happening around us. And, and often we can react to things. And God's saying, no, no, I want you to be taking what I say and taking what I show you and that you're acting upon that. So if we turn to Habakkuk 2, verse 2 to 3. The background of it basically is Habakkuk was a prophet, and at the time he was moaning and complaining to God about the Babylonians and saying, look at this evil, look at what's happening in our nation, and not knocking what we're doing, we've been praying for our nation and trusting that God will heal our nation, but sometimes we so do that and we so just say, God, you do it, you heal the nation. Jesus didn't complain about the nations. Paul didn't complain about the nations. He didn't say, please... Uh, please pray that they'll let me out. He said, please pray that I'll have the strength to preach in amongst these circumstances. And my encouraging challenge is just, are we doing that? Yes, there's a time you pray for the nation and you trust God because this is God's nation. And if he doesn't come through just like any other nation, then, then it's for nothing. But are we pursuing him regardless of what's happening in the nation? Are you obeying him regardless of what you see, even if you don't agree? There's a time that you pray, there's a time that you address it, but then there's a time that you say, I'm not going to hide behind that, I'm going to obey what God is telling me to do, and I'm going to do what He's telling me to do in the midst of a dying, perverted generation. And in verse 2 it says, and then God answered, this is after Habakkuk was complaining, and God had already said to him, I'm going to do a work in your day, which you would not believe, and we've been quoting that and claiming that, and I believe the same is true for us, especially in 2018. And God said, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait, and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait, it's on its way. It will come right on time. And I just have three points that I want to share with you. And the first one is, the first part of that title is, write the vision. Because first you need to see it. You need to see what God is showing you and what He wants for you and what His vision is for your life. And the vision that God has shown me for my life and my desire is to travel the world and preach the gospel. And it's going to happen. And don't hear me incorrectly, I'm not um, wanting to walk out tomorrow. God has called me to be here at this time as a pastor in Choose Life. But I know that's where he's taking me one day. And I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I would love to, to see it, you know, that it happens from here and that I travel from here and preach. But that's leaning on my own understanding. But God knows. And I will not move unless God tells me to move. And I want to encourage you, you don't make any big life-altering decisions unless you know God has told you. You don't do it because of what somebody else has said. 
And don't be following somebody else and following a Moses and, and always looking to hear God through someone else. You need to hear God for yourself first. And that's where you make life-altering decisions from. So write the vision. Verse 2 says this vision message is a witness pointing. What is it pointing to? It is pointing to what is coming. We know that Jesus has paid the price. We know that he's won the, the ultimate battle. And we know that he's coming back for his church. And that evil will fail. And evil will come to an end. So that's a vision we can all look forward to. But what do you need to write down for your own life going into this new year? And on that note, I want to just encourage you that you have two books, that you don't have just have your Bible, but that if you've never done it before, that you start journaling. That you write down what God is telling you in the early hours of the morning so that you know where the Bible also says, be ready in and out of season to give an account of the belief that you have. And this is part of it. Is so that people can wake you up and say, where are you going? And say, no, that's where I'm going. And that when we get to the February the 1st and we start reading through the New Testament together, I guarantee you that as scriptures pop out, you're going to align them and you're going to see that goes with what God's been telling me. And you're going to add fuel to the fire that God is building inside of you. Amen. So what do you want for your life in God? What is God telling you and what is your vision? It's time to be more proactive as Christians and not so reactive due to circumstances. And sometimes there's things that happen around us, then all of a sudden, then we pray into it and then we're fearful. And, but our, the encouragement is that if you're seeking God every day, every morning of every day, then when those things come, you're gonna measure them according to what God has said and your reaction will be vastly different. And I believe then we will act more out of faith than out of fear. The more time we spend in God's presence, the more we will see things from his perspective. And uh, when, when we were landing in London, um, we, Heathrow is so busy and we were taxiing in for five minutes and we went basically along the Thames and it was a beautiful clear day and we could see everything very clearly. And then the Lord just pointed out and I could see Big Ben and the House of Parliament and London Bridge and the Millennium Wheel and, and the Lord said to me, look how insignificant those things are. But yet people still flock there all from all around the world. Hey, it's Big Ben. So when you're on the ground and you see these things in your life, they seem massive. But when you're at the Lord's feet every day and you have his perspective, then the more you're in his presence, the more you see things from your seated place with Jesus in heaven. And then it won't look as big. And you'll be more easily able to function in faith than in fear. Amen. The second point is make it plain. Now that you've seen it, you need a plan for it. What are you doing about it? What steps are you taking for that vision to be fulfilled in your life? Verse 2 also says, write what you see and write it in big block letters. I should be able to wake you up. Not that I would unsafely come into your house. That sounds a bit creepy. But if I could wake you up in the middle of the night and ask you, where are you going once you've taken the sleep out of your eyes? You should be able to say, you know what, I'm a, I'm a child of God and that's where I'm going. That's what I'm trusting God for. And that's where I'm on my way to. We need to make it visible and accessible at all times so that everything we do is measured against that. Write down what God tells you and what he shows you. Because as those things happen and they get fulfilled, you'll be encouraged automatically because you'll remember it's in there and you'll go back there and you say, 
Look, he's done this. He parted the Red Sea. He saved me from the army. He closed the Red Sea. He's giving me manna from heaven. He's protecting me. Look at what he's done. So I'm going to trust him because he's going to do something else. And I'm going to be excited what is next. We need to know where God is taking us. And just again, I mentioned every day that I start with God, I can see more clearly. And I believe this is a key. And uh, we often pray to put on the full armor of God. And so often I think we, we forget the, the gospel of peace. Shotting your feet. Maybe that's why I've got these shoes on today. That you won't walk out without peace. Because I guarantee you, you can all think back to days where you're facing situations and you woke up, it was stressful, it was a rush, and it determined the whole measure of the day. But those days when you got quiet with the Lord in the secret place, it changed the whole thing because it set the tone and you were spiritually at peace rather than your peace was stolen in the early hours of the morning. And it's not an earning thing. It's not forcing God's hand. He longs to be with you, and we need to long to be with him. And the more we are with him, you function out of that place. It's like, look at the big God behind me, buddy. Are you really going to mess with me? I know who, in whom I believe, and I spent time with him just this morning. So try me. And it sounds cocky and it sounds arrogant, but it's knowing in whom we believe. So situations won't rattle you as much as they do when you're not spending time with the Lord. And then just to make it very simple, the third point going on from that is, now take the first step. It also says in verse 2 that it says that that can be read on the run. We are meant to be moving. This is a race. It's not a walk. It's a race. We're running a race to a finish line. And the ultimately, ultimate finish line is to be reunited in glory with Jesus. And I'm sure many of you are actually sitting there. And at the moment, you can actually remember God has given you one step that you can take. But you're waiting for all five steps. Or you're waiting for God to do it. You say, God, you'll do it. I want it. And God's saying, I'm waiting for you. And often we're waiting for God. And it's... Not that he's trying to force you whatever, but he wants to see you strengthened. He wants to see you build your faith. He wants to see you respond. Where Jesus said, never have I seen a faith like this. And that's what I want. I want my life to elicit a response in the heart of God. That he would say, look at Greg, never have I seen a faith like that. And may that be your desire too. That you would so respond to what God tells you and what he shows you. And those of you sitting, watching on TV, that the Lord would grip you right now, where you're hiding from the vision that God has for your life. May he grip you right now and not let you go until you respond and get back to him and obey what he's telling you to do. And as we take that first step, I believe God will give us the next step. You take that step that is in line with God, what God has given you or shown you. When you obey step one, I believe God will give you step two and step three. Not that he can't trust you with it, but that he knows it will build you up one step at a time. And maybe that step one is just giving you because that's what you can handle today. And once you take that first step, then he'll give you the second step. Otherwise, maybe if he gives you everything all at once, it'll be too big and you'll just say, hey God, I can't do this. But if the vision is too big and you can't achieve it, chances are then it's from God. Because you can't do it in your own faith, in your own strength, in your own understanding. So it's one step at a time to your destiny in God. Isn't that what we want? 
We want to fulfill our lives having the destiny of what God wants to be what is left. Like the words of that song says, may there be nothing left of me and may may I not gain the world and forget what matters. And then just to conclude, you'll know the scripture very well in Matthew 6 verse 33 to 34 it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble for its own. And I feel so often we're paralyzed by the past or we're fearful about the future that we don't live in the now with God. And, and I've seen in my own life, and, and maybe you'll find the same, that we want to be righteous. righteous. Righteousness, righteous is right standing with God. We want to be in right standing with God. And Jesus paid the price to secure that for us. So it is there. So you can walk in it. And so often we want to see the kingdom and righteousness in our lives. But too often I believe we focus on the second, third, second and the last part of that verse. Where we're so concerned about our daily bread. And we're so concerned about tomorrow. And then at the end of the day, we're like, why is the kingdom not really evident in my life? Why don't I experience righteousness? And I believe it's because we invert the scripture and we do it the wrong way around. And you need to forget about the other two-thirds and concentrate on the first part. If you concentrate on not defiling yourself, like Daniel did before the king, he said, I'm not going to defile myself with the pleasures. And we need to dis- make that decision today. That here, now, choose life, Pretoria, South Africa, that we are not going to defile ourselves. There's so much out there, and it's so easy. And that you make a decision that I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to focus on what He says. I'm going to focus on what He's showing me, not what the world is throwing at me. So that when the world throws things at me, it's like a construction. You've given the whole work of this huge construction building that you're making, and you've given it to God. You say, you can have the whole thing. And Jesus is the foreman, and He says what goes. And then some ungodly subcontractor comes and says, hey, here on the side, can I do this? And they say, no, sorry, but I'm not subcontracting you. I've given the whole thing to God. There's no room for you. I'm not, bri- I'm not taking a bribe. I'm not allowing godliness to creep in. I'm, I've given it all to God. And there's, uh, forgive me for the reference, there's, there's godly contractors out there. It's not referring to it in that way. But it's just seeing that what God is doing in our lives as a building project. And he's the finisher and the author of our faith and the perfecter. And he's going to do it. Amen. So as you start the day with God, see what he sees. Hear what he says. Obey what he says or shows you. Let that determine your day and every day. And then I guarantee you, you'll be at this time next year. And you will have seen more righteousness and more kingdom in your life than ever before. Measure everything that comes your way against God's vision for your life. Only allow what is of God and throw out the rest. Trust God and put your faith vision into action today. Cast off that which exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And I shared a word last week about that 2018 would be restraint-free. And I believe as we do this, we need to respond. We are God's chosen people, we are his chosen vessel, his church, we have the answer. We are not the ones who are supposed to be quiet. 
We are not the ones who are supposed to step back and be overly tolerant and overly cautious. Yes, there's wisdom. You don't go, you know, pick a fight unnecessarily. With the devil, yes. But you have the answer. And Jesus said that the devil is under your feet. So what are we actually fretting and worrying about? Sometimes I think it's actually more our own comfort than anything else. But God didn't call us to be comfortable. He made you to be called by him. And I just want to address a few people that I believe there's a group of people here, there's many of us, where you've had past hurts, past disappointments, bankruptcy, divorce, lost a loved one, whatever it may be, and you thought you were retreating into the hiding place with God, but the hiding place or the secret place is only the secret place if it's you and God. But sometimes we can retreat so much, we actually retreat from God. We put up our own boundaries, we try and protect ourselves, and actually our hiding place has become a cave, and you're busy dying in there. And if you're not careful, it'll become a tomb. And the place you thought you were hiding from what hurt you in the past is actually killing you. And God actually wants to use that thing that the devil tried to destroy you to be your greatest victory. And there's a tomb that stands empty today so that your tomb doesn't have to be filled. Jesus didn't die and rise again to live so that you may die. He died and rose again to show you that you may live. And some of you feel like you're dying and you think, I, don't, I can't even think of writing a vision. I don't even think I have faith. And you're disillusioned. And I feel the Lord Jesus is drawing you out. And if that's you and you feel that tugging on your heart and you've been hiding, but you realize you've actually gone back from God, you've hidden, but you actually, you're not experiencing more of God, you're experiencing less. You're trapped by the past. You've been paralyzed by past disappointments and hurts. And the Lord is wanting to touch you. He's wanting to heal that. He's wanting to draw you out so that his vision for you and in 2018 and further will be achieved in him. So if that's you, I want to ask you to be brave and raise your hand with me. If you're hiding and you're hiding in that cave and you feel like it's becoming a tomb and you're actually dying, be brave and raise your hand and say, that's me. God wants you to lay down that offense today. He wants you to lay down that unforgiveness. He wants you to lay down that, that jealousy, that pride, that selfishness, that unforgiveness, the, the, the hurt that you're holding on to. Say, yeah, but I'm, I'm hurt. Yes, those things happened. It's not saying that they didn't happen, but they're holding you back from your future in God. And I want you, to, those of you that are raising your hand right now to look up and see the hand of Jesus reaching down and grabbing you, pulling you up and stand. Respond to Jesus today. Forget about those around you. Take a step of faith. Say, I'm not staying in this hole. I'm not staying in this tomb. And stand with me right now. Grab the hand of Jesus and get up. Please stand to your feet if that is you. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I lift up every single person here and even those under the sound of my voice, those watching on TV. 
If that's you, respond. Stand right there where you are by faith. You stand, you hold up your hand, you look up and you look to Jesus and you choose to see Jesus standing there, pulling you up, pulling you out of that hole. So thank you, Father, right now. I speak to every single person right now, every single hurt, every single offense, every single uh, paralyzing past, disappointment, uh, bankruptcy, divorce, relationships, whatever it is, Father, everything, even that that's not mentioned, they know what it is, Father. And we pray right now that you would come and set them free right now, that that dying that has been taking place, where they were first numb, and now they realize they feel nothing, and they're actually becoming, they're actually dying. Thank you, Father, that they are raised to life right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, that you pay too high price for them to be entombed where your tomb lies empty. Thank you, Lord Jesus, you paid the full price for them to live a vision-filled life. You have a plan for them. You will restore what has been stolen. You will restore what has been hurt, what has been lost what has been devastated. Thank you, Father, that you speak life right now into these lives in Jesus' name. And we declare that today is a new day and that they will be able to respond. And I pray for that they will be able to put pen to paper. They'll be able to write the vision, make it plain, and take the first step in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you and may you live it. And I encourage you, you just go and take one step. You get quiet with the Lord and you ask him, what is he showing you and what is he telling you? And you respond to that and only that and everything else must come secondary to that. Amen. Bless you. Have a wonderful week.